We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host on this Wednesday evening, J.D. Silva, joined by a fellow Taylor Peterson. Silva, two straight wins for the Thunder. I'm excited again. But I'm going to try and be a little more tamed than uh, Stephen A. Smith was today on his, his podcast. I, there are so many clips I want to use as sounders from that, but we can't. It's almost too explicit to use on this podcast. I think we can use that first one, but we're going to yeah. save it for the moment that you it mentioned. Uh, in our, I, oh, I can't wait. I can't oh wait. God. You had a great idea with that. <laughs> um, got some fun stuff to talk about today. Fortunately, we're going to be, we will be talking about a win, two wins in a row, like you said. Um, before we start digging into that, though, uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, join us in the live stream. Uh, we go live after every Post games on uh, what are our post game days exactly? Like the Tuesdays, Thursdays. Yeah, basically. Mondays? So in the past, we've gone live after every single post game. Um, that's obviously a lot. And so what we've realized is we're kind of repeating ourselves when we do group podcasts the next day. So if there's a game before group podcast, we aren't doing post games then. That every other game, you'll have us for a post game. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, etc. Uh, we're going to be going through comments near the end of this show, answering questions if you guys have any. Um, so leave them, and we'll check them out. Um, one last thing, Taylor. I do have a question of the day. Ooh. Which of the uncontested podcast hosts would be most likely to end up naked inside of a Bass Pro fish tank? <laughs> I vote no. Uh, you know, okay, I was going to see, like, you know, I could see Jacob, but no. Yeah, it probably be Nick. After a night out in Vegas. That's what I was thinking. That seems like the most likely outcome. Uh, Jacob would probably be the funniest outcome. 100%. It would be after the Thunder win the NBA Finals. Uh, <laughs> that would be Jacob. That, that would be when Jacob went, yeah, completely naked, head first into the Bass Pro tank. 
a heck of a month for people in Alabama. <laughs> Between that, there was something else, and then Nick Saban today. Saban. We had Banner, uh, Banner said in our in our OU chat, we had Pete Carroll, Saban, Kirk Cousins. Come bring it in. <laughs> Hang it up, buddy. We this Vikings fan is ready. That's awesome. I worry that if I asked that Bass Pro question on our Sunday show, everyone would have said me. So I had to ask it here. Feels you might good. just do it randomly on like a yeah. Thursday night or something. I can see it. Take a dive. Um, all right, let's get into this game. The Thunder <laughs> beat the Miami Heat. Uh, 128 to 120 tonight, uh, ending their four-game road trip. Uh, Taylor, this Miami game was a lot more pleasant to watch than last year's where Miami shot 40 free throws. <laughs> um, Good times. Yeah, just to like quickly summarize this game, and then we can just dig in to do our big takeaways, our themes, etc. Thunder started out slow again. Uh, their defense looked sluggish and uh, I don't want to say non-existent, but pretty light for most of the game. Locked it up when it mattered at the end. Uh, did their job. J-Dub had another incredible game. His playmaking continues to expand. We're going to talk about that later in this episode. SGA, dominant as always. Chet, dominant as always. A lot of fun stuff to break down. No Jimmy Butler tonight, but the Heat always have the ability, kind of like the Thunder at, at times now, just to have some random guy go off. Tonight it was Haywood Highsmith. What did a Michael Cage call him? Uh, gosh, Hightower. Yeah, he did. And I thought, I was like, Hightower, is that really his name? And I had to go look it up. He confused me. <laughs> yeah, we had Jovic with 15 points, Highsmith, 19 points, who had, who was like five of five from three at a certain point. Just where do these guys come from? I, I don't know. It's the same place. It, it's, look, great coaches, great organizations think alike. That's all I can say. A Thunder tradition like none other, letting some random player go oh off, especially on a night-to-night solo where there was no Jimmy Butler. He's still out. I can't remember what his injury is. He's getting closer to return. Uh, Kyle Lowry also out, and Caleb Martin. Is, yeah, Caleb okay. is the yeah. one on the, mm-hmm. the Heat. Yeah. Cody's the one in uh, with the Melo Ball and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So they were obviously down some players. But the thing is, I kind of had this thought, kind of a quick aside. I'm already taking us completely off-topic. No, you We're freestyling. We always say, like, you know, the opposing team didn't have this player or these players, their star player, whenever the Thunder play them. But I've also noticed it with other teams as well over the past couple of seasons. It's really stood out to me. My assumption at this point is even if the Heat do have Jimmy Butler, the Thunder still rise to the occasion and probably play a very similar game tonight. That's just kind of the nature of the NBA is what I'm finally coming to the, the realization of. I'm curious if you've noticed something similar. Yeah, because the league is so dang talented now that even if someone else off the bench is going to get more shots, more reps, and everyone is so talented that that doesn't matter who's taking the shots. Like, for example, if Lou Dort missed and a guy like Aaron Wiggins had to start, as a fan, I don't think they're going to miss. Like, they're not really going to miss a beat, I don't think, because there's just so much depth. And it, sometimes it's, what is it? Highwood, Hay, Haywood Highsmith. Sometimes Haywood Highsmith. That is a that's a bit of a tongue twister there. It is. Sometimes you get uh, punched in the jaw by Haywood Highsmith, but uh, luckily they <laughs> it's all about how you respond. And the Thunder responded. Dang it! One thing that I thought you nailed, Silva. This is a really interesting stat from uh, Brett Dawson. This was early in the first or midway through the first quarter. But he said, in the two losses on this road trip, which obviously were those first two of the four game stretch, OKC was outscored by a combined seventy eight to forty six in the first. And tonight they were down 15 to six to Miami early on, but it was really that third quarter. The Thunder come out on an 11 0 run and look, there was some ups and downs still, especially in that fourth quarter. It got a little sloppy at the end. 
Uh, uh, oh no! I you might you say it's a little sloppy. <laughs> yes. Where's the sound? Yes. But essentially, they they didn't look back after that third quarter. And that was just an incredible response. Last game of a road trip, I was a little worried during that first half, thinking, "Oh no, um, they're ready to go home." Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was. I was watching watching this with my girlfriend, who's a very very casual fan. She was like, "Why are they playing so poorly?" I'm like, "They're just. It's a young team." They've been on the road for four games straight, probably ready to be home, probably tired. A lot of these guys, especially the guys that are like under the age of 23, clearly are just like struggling a little bit. Play, like Chet, been pretty sloppy. Um, other guys, just like turnovers, um, like shots falling short, the usual stuff you see in tired legs. More of that. I'm not generally too concerned. I don't know if you are. Like, I haven't drawn any new conclusions from this defensive stuff we've seen on this four game road trip. Have you? No, not at all. I, again, I think the, the foundation is still in place, but they play such an act. We've talked about this for the past two seasons. Now they play such an active style of defense. Like a lot of the reasons, even though they're undersized that they're not getting those rebounds because they guard on the perimeter and they're switching constantly. There's a little more drop covers now that Chet's in the mix this season, but still, uh, and when you're playing that style of defense, it, it takes it out of you. Uh, and, and the fact that they've been able to be so competitive defensively and still perform so well offensively has said so much about this team this season and moving forward. Huge reason why I think we're all so excited about this Thunder team. But to your point, when you have just like so many games p- packed together there towards the end of December, you, it, you have a brutal like back-to-back to start the four-game road trip. Yeah, we're on a four-game road trip in general. It makes sense that we see some of those tired legs, some of those rotations missed, primarily when it comes to covering shooters on the perimeter. That's what we saw a lot of uh, during this four-game road stretch. Yeah, I, I do feel like starting this road trip off with this, like the Celtics game the night before, where they just left it all on the court and gave us like the best, give fans the best win of the season. That that is kind of I think what started this. So I yeah, I'm not going to draw any major major issues. The offense, like you said, has looked really really good um even despite all this stuff there have been some cold stretches you know guys like i said earlier guys like uncharacteristically missing free throws turning the ball over things of that nature but the process is still there um what did you think about mark starting casein in place of lou after yeah so i was going to mention that uh before we kind of get into some big themes and honestly that kind of leads into like a big thing that i have that we don't even have on the docket it's just the rotation stunt in general not in a bad way uh, but yeah, Kaysen starts the second half for Lou. All of us are thinking like, did Lou get hurt? And we missed it. What's going on? Lou comes back in. It was just a lineup adjustment that Mark did there. And honestly, it sparked a big, that, that 11-0 run that I mentioned now, the third quarter, the very first play, uh, the very first offensive possession that the Thunder had in the third was a Kaysen Wallace three. Then Chet gets the end one. Then Giddy hits a three. And then Shea hits a jumper. 11-0 run, timeout Miami. Uh, really fascinating, but kind of, and again, like there's some other things we could break down before we, like uh, throughout the rest of the game, there was that, that stretch there and the third with about nine minutes to go, Chet rips the rebound, has an absolute one-handed quarterback. Like speaking of your guy, Kirk cousins, full on Kirk cousins, that ball one-handed to case Wallace who lobs it up to the, I believe it was dub. It was just yeah. an absurd showtime. Uh, Fast break. Oh, yeah, it was 110% showtime. We're seeing so many of those plays this season, which is just so much fun. It doesn't get any more fun in basketball than that right there. But the rotations as a whole, Silva, I mentioned this when I was tweeting from the account, but outside of the beginning of the third, or sorry, the first quarter, the beginning of the 
well, not even the beginning of the third because Dork didn't start. So really, the beginning of the first quarter, about midway through, uh, Mark started seven guys in. And then to close the game, we saw some of the starters minus Giddy. I mean, we really didn't see many of the starters together at all. Very balanced minutes here. Let's see, Dub had 34, Chet 33, Shea had 34, but then 20 for Giddy, 26 minutes for Dort, 22 minutes for Isaiah Joe, 16 for uh, Kenny Hustle, 14 for Micic, 18 for Kaysen Wallace. We saw, uh, this is probably the most I've seen Mark go to these mixed lineups with the bench and the starters that I can ever remember. And I think a lot of that may be due to the fatigue, trying to get some fresh legs in there and also try and maintain, you know, instead of just throwing out an all bench lineup, trying to maintain some, some of those things that we talked about, like the offense, uh, get a little more defensive intensity. But I just found that fascinating. It was a really interesting, I think a smart wrinkle by Mark Dignall tonight. Yeah. And uh, that kind of leads to something that we don't have to dive too much into right now, but uh, I think, when you dig deeper into your bench, you still want to have your a star player out there to kind of buoy that lineup and make sure it still runs as it's as it's supposed to. And you see him putting guys out there like Meatsitch, um, who someone at the beginning of this had a, a nickname they were trying to a big meats, big, big meats. I <laughs> love it. I saw that early on in our chat. It's um, like Rick Ross. I think I'm big yeah. meats. Uh, so that like that's one thing Mark is trying to do to kind of buoy the lineup, but. He's keeping either SJ out there with these strange bench lineups or J-Dub, who has, in this road trip specifically, has taken on more of a role as like the lead pick-and-roll ball handler shot creator when SJ is not out there. And it's been uh, a wild success, I should say. He had his career best uh, 12 assists tonight. Um, just dealing. Been He has been... I would love to track this somehow. I don't have a cleaning the glass subscription, so I can't actually do it, but... How many lobs? Who has thrown the most lobs to Chet? Because I feel like it's Jada. That's a great point, especially during this recent stretch. Like one thing that stood out, uh, again, lineup wrinkles by Mark Dignall, but we're seeing Chet play more with Shea, I believe, in that first quarter. Or actually getting, well, tonight he did. Uh, But over the past handful of games, he's coming out a little earlier and then playing a lot more in the second unit with Dub. And that chemistry is really showing, like to your point, just with the lobs, it seems like Dub and, and Chet are just clicking right now. And then another thing, or a, a very similar theme that I've noticed here is in those fourth quarters when those three are playing together. And when you add Shea in, into that lineup, they're all three playing off each other so incredibly well. Down the stretch there in the fourth quarter, we saw Dub being the one really closing the game, bringing the ball up with Shea uh, running screens and pick and roll for him uh, over and over. And that's yeah. just like unstoppable. I still can't and, believe it. Oh, incredible. When when that is happening, I like you said, how how do you stop that? It's like they have this one of the youngest teams in the NBA, you know, second youngest, third youngest, whatever, has already, it seems like, just a bread and butter crunch time offense. Like I'm not afraid of them blowing it at the end of games. Cause even at the end of this one, the final two minutes when I thought I could start setting up our you know, podcast equipment here. And it looked like the, the league got down to like six at one point, And it was like foul, foul, foul over and over. I've, turnovers. Shea turnovers. had like a ridiculous turnover uh, when he was trying to yeah. throw the ball to Chet just mm-hmm. off a basic inbound. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they, they figure it out late in games because J-Dub has this insane confidence and, and competitiveness that you can just kind of hang on to. And SG and Chet, and Chet both have that. Um, they have like a lot of pride, I think, when they're out there. 
I just, I don't know. I just feel like we keep, even in this slump, you could say at least a defensive slump that we're still learning new stuff. Like every game about, about the thunder new, like new wrinkles, new layers. You're seeing Jada grow as a playmaker. You're seeing Chet kind of work through some fatigue and find ways to be impactful outside of that. Um, he was running the running the court later in, late in this game. Yeah, to close the game. He's so still hitting outside threes. I mean, I think you're exactly spot on. Maybe something like maybe just the biggest, most exciting takeaway from this road stretch, even after those first two awful games that they played against Atlanta and Brooklyn, is even like this Thunder team didn't really play two fantastic games by any means. We've seen them play much better even than they did tonight, especially than they did against Washington. And they're still pulling out wins and finding ways to win. Uh, and and like again, like we mentioned, on, on a pretty tough road stretch there, this team just continues to respond to adversity. Being the second youngest team in the league, I feel like we're repeating ourselves here uh, this past week on these podcasts or past two weeks. The second youngest team in the league, and they just continue to be able to respond to adversity. And to your point, we're seeing these players grow during this time. For example, like you mentioned, Chet, uh, his impact on both ends of the floor. Gosh, he had a block on Tyler Hero there at the very end of the game. That could have just been God. an easy layup for Tyler Hero. The game was kind of at that point, even if Hero makes that layup, probably still out of reach, but it certainly makes it a little closer. Chet just with a ridiculous block. And then to your point, like Giddy had, is doubled past half court, finds Chet for a basically the dagger, which was this, this dunk in, fast, in transition. Like it, it's really exciting to see these guys respond to the diversity there it's like you're seeing the real-time problem solving especially out of the out of the quote-unquote big three you're seeing that i am not necessarily seeing that in in some other guys quite as much specifically like a josh giddy i'm not not seeing that like he has been better offensively for sure you know the last two to three weeks but i'm still it felt like when the thunder were at their best tonight and when they closed the gap or took the lead giddy was not quite as involved or involved at all is that kind of what you saw also i this wasn't the best showing for him i mean his box the box score kind of reflects that he had nine points two turnovers two assists one steal seven rebounds like not not really jumping off the page necessarily so i did look that up because uh, the turnovers have stood out to me two turnovers honestly tonight that, that's not that not that awful but i looked up to see uh, and i don't have it like i didn't take a screenshot or anything but to see the turnover leader for the thunder it was josh at like 2.3 something like that turnovers per game the next was dub at 1.9 turnovers per game and if you look at the usage there uh, with josh in comparison to dub dub's usage is, is like through the roof in comparison to giddy and he's still leading the team in turnovers it's just we keep coming back to it but it's that assertiveness for josh damn he just continues to miss yeah he just <laughs> continues to miss it or it can continue to be hit or miss in that regard and, and we continue to see Mark go away from him to close games. Obviously, tonight, there, like I mentioned, there was a ton of mixing of lineups. But even then, we saw Josh come back, and I think with like one minute left for like kind of some situational stuff. But he's still not closing games for this team. And a lot of that comes down to the defense and, like we mentioned, the indecisiveness. And the indecisiveness shows even in like the really small moments where he's just trying to catch a pass that's like – or recover a ball that's like fumbling out of bounds – and he just bumbles it, or I don't know. It's and I, I even felt this like you you've seen this every season that Josh Giddy's been with the team, but even more so this season when the the rest of the team around him is so much better. It feels like there are in the bad moments of Josh's play 
or the, even the average moments, there are there are giddy possessions that look look a, look a certain way, and then there are every other possession that the team plays. Where if he catches the ball, you kind of know what you're getting. It's going to be some dribbles, and he's either going to drive. The pace slows. The pace just grinds to a halt, and that can be good sometimes. And we've seen it be good recently, at least on offense, but I don't feel like the Thunder are at their best when he's out there. Well, I know we're, we're going off our uh, our outline that we have here, but I think yeah. this is really important what you mentioned. I, I even want to add like a third category to that. Yeah. Curious your thoughts. We also see when Josh is playing phenomenal within the offense and this team, uh, for example, the Minnesota Timberwolves game, the Denver Nuggets game, the, um, gosh, I'm going like the Celtics game. And the reason he is because he's pushing the pace in transition and the Thunder are playing fast. He's not having to worry about that decision-making one-on-one in the half court. When the Thunder are playing in transition with Giddy and, and he's playing like that, I mean, it takes his team to a whole new level that we haven't seen during this recent road stretch. So Giddy plays a critical part to that. I know Hotspot Casino's in here. He mentioned, you know, Josh is a solid player. He absolutely is. I think that's why it's so frustrating, but it's getting him in the right situations. Uh, I even mentioned like during that Celtics game, there's a lot more off ball movement and action, some, some slip screens and things of like that and backdoor screens to get Josh moving off ball instead of him just being a decoy when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, uh, when teams are able to just kind of play off him and pack the paint. We haven't seen a lot of that. And I think that uh, during this road stretch, I think kind of goes back to your point, Silva, with the tired legs. I mean, you, you can't do that quite as much. Uh, and that's a lot of the reason I think we've seen Josh be a little more ineffective than we did, for example, a week ago. Yeah, and and to be fair, like the Heat do generally play a, a much more sophisticated brand of defense than most teams. So tonight they played a zone um, that our guy Jacob Niffin talked about on Twitter a bit that stifled the Thunder um, a good amount. And it's tough if if everyone can't shoot. Like shooting through it is one way you can get through through a zone. And you know that's not necessarily something Josh brings to the table uh, every night. Tonight he didn't. Um, and I I don't think tonight's not some damning like condemnation of, of what Josh Giddy is as a player by any means. Uh, but I just, I think it's important to make the observation that he wasn't the most impactful guy. Um, Lou Dort was great. I thought, I thought Cason Wallace was pretty dang good. Aaron Wiggins. We got a rare off night from him. Uh, and only seven minutes off the bench too. It's kind of weird. He, I don't know. Mark sees certain lineups or sorry, certain matchups where he likes to play Wiggins a lot more. Like for example, he'll, he'll be flirting with leading the team off the bench in minutes. Um, and then games like tonight, he only has seven, seven minutes off the bench. I thought Nick, our guy, Nick had a pretty good message in our, our Slack, our group message where he said, Wiggins is that guy that if he were playing for the Miami heat and getting all these minutes, We'd be talking about him like Gabe Vincent. Like all these teams will are willing to give a first for Aaron Wiggins. I think that's so spot on. Um, but I agree. It, it, it's interesting with Wiggins and just kind of his in, inconsistent playing time. He's been asked a little bit about that over the past couple of days. I'm I'm always kind of waiting on them to turn up the dial on the Wiggins minutes just a little bit. But it's like, who do you take those away from? I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily know. Right. There's and it's so not many just guys. Well, and it's not. Yeah. To like to your point. I thought Jay Will came in and played some fantastic minutes there in the first half, mm-hmm. primarily in the first quarter, a little bit in the second. But he ends with 12 minutes. I don't even think we we didn't. We didn't see him the second half at all, right? Continues to be inconsistent with his minutes as well. Uh, and, and I don't know. He's just such a smart basketball player. 
continues to make the right reads, has like two just beautiful big time assists there in that second corner that kind of helped the Thunder make a little bit of comeback and then hits a three immediately when he comes in off a, a creation from Shea. Like it's really interesting. They consistent minutes from Jay will also, it kind of falls in that same bucket. Yeah. They weren't, uh, they weren't too committed to playing to like a, a traditional backup center tonight. Like they, they kind of ran anyone out there at center, uh, outside of those 12 minutes of, of Jay will like they were pretty comfortable having Chet and bam go against each other. I, I wondered coming into this, if bam would really try and punish, uh, punish Chet in the post. Cause he, he is a bulkier, stronger guy. Didn't really, didn't really get that though. Out of bam. He did have 20, he had a all. great night. Like I love bam as a player. He had what 25, 11 and six, two blocks. He was phenomenal. Uh, but I didn't necessarily see him just taking it to Chet. Like he, he got those, within the normal flow of the offense, I thought. Well, speaking of Bam, I think one thing that's both to his credit and also a credit to the Thunder and the way that they play, maybe why we didn't see Bam just dominate down low, uh, he was guarding J-Dub there during in some of those second unit lineups where Dub's leading the second unit offense or the, the bench offense, and guarding him all the way out on the perimeter. A, that's incredible that Bam's able to do that at his size. Like, just yeah, shows you how versatile he is defensively. Like, that guy has to be in consideration for a defensive player of the year here soon. Uh, he's fantastic. On the other end of the basketball, I think that shows you why he didn't dominate down low because the way the Thunder play, they're able to, you know, have it, it, get these bigs come out and guard on the perimeter, play to their style of basketball. And it takes away guys like Bam from the basket and allows Chet to do what he does. So it's kind of a double edged sword there. I totally agree. Um, let's take, we're about 25 minutes in. Let's take our first break of the night. And then um, I kind of want to continue talking about J-Dub as a playmaker. And then uh, reference something that we talked about a year ago that seems interesting now. Look at back. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back from the break. Like we said earlier, J-Dub had a career high in assists tonight. And throughout this road trip, I feel like he's been one of the best play. I feel like he's been the second best guy on the Thunder in, on this four-game road trip. It's generally kind of a toss-up. Is it Chet? Is it J-Dub? Doesn't matter. They're both awesome. But he has stepped up in a pretty big way these last four games, specifically as a playmaker when SGA is out. It feels like Mark has been challenging him to do more on ball. And he's stepped up to the challenge more than I 
thought he could. Like he's very clearly skilled enough to do that. I knew, but he has looked like James Harden, like a young James Harden out here, like these last four games. It's been pretty insane. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that he shared that picture of KD, Russ, and Harden on Instagram or wherever he shared that. I missed that. Yeah. I completely missed that. He shared like an old classic black, black and white picture of the three of them. I was like, and that was after <laughs> a night where he had a ton of insane passing. I was like, I wonder why he did that. Um, J-Dub is just ascending still. I can't believe how talented the guy is. The scoring looks insane. Like his threes, everything about J-Dub has gotten better. He entered this season and played to a similar level of where he left off last season, where he was the rookie of the year runner-up. And damn it, he's gotten better, like significantly better. I'm a little more, I'm a little surprised. And tell me if this is a hot take. You can hold, you can, I can be hosed down with water if this is too hot. Do we still have the hot take sounder? Do you have it buried in there somewhere? That's an old <laughs> one. Know, That's a throwback. Let me see. Uh, this isn't it, but we're going to play this. It is hot and sexy and popping. That the one? That's even better than oh, the hot God. take. That is the new hot take sounder oh, right God. there. Yeah. Um, is Give it me your insane, hot take, Silva. I'm ready. Is it insane that – so the Thunder, if they're the second seed heading into the All-Star game and Chet maybe doesn't have the scoring, is J-Dub is, – is that an insane pick to have J-Dub in the All-Star game? Especially if he keeps amping up his scoring like this. Like he's been scoring – I mean, basically he's basically averaging 20 um, here recently. And racking up, a, racking up more of the box score stats that you see. The eye test matches it. The dude's awesome. I, I Okay, so I'm smiling, like grinning ear to ear yeah. when you're saying that because I had the yeah. same exact thought watching after. It was after the first half, and then the fourth quarter just further confirmed how we were thinking. Like, I mentioned this after uh, our group podcast on Sunday. Actually, I did the – no, no, yeah, it was after the Wizards game. I thought, oh, with Nick, I said, I thought Dub was the best player on the four, even though Shea had like 30 plus yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And 110% the same exact thing tonight. But it, and that's continued since that Celtics game. The issue is it's a little late for him to kind of get that narrative and start to get that buzz, I think. Mm-hmm. But he has 110% been, I mean, really during this recent stretch, the Thunder's best player on the court and the best player on both sides of the basketball, which is just absurd. Um, but really it's kind of taken the role, I think, as the Thunder's second best player. Not to say that, I mean, him and Chet are kind of next. And it, it's not a comparison, right? Yeah. They're completely different players, but you're exactly right. What Dub is doing is just absurd. Uh, I'm actually looking right now. There was about 740 left in the fourth quarter. Dub gets the ball, goes into ISO, draws two defenders, uh, just does some like hezzy dribble moves, is able to get into the middle of the paint. And then just another one-handed dime. All right, maybe it was two. Yeah, it's a nice little two-handed bounce pass to a cutting Chet who's able to get the ball and get an easy layup. Those are just things that not many players in the league can do. And then you see what he's able to do in the fourth quarters like he's been doing with Shea on the court and pulling up and yeah. taking some of these mid-range shots. Like the Tatum one I mentioned so much recently or the past oh my week. God. Uh, there in that self but he's doing that over and over. We saw it again tonight down the stretch of the fourth. And that's what Shea Gilgis Alexander on the floor. Like there is not enough that can be said about J-Dub. I, I don't think that's scorching hot. Uh, in fact, I think I, I really hope the national media kind of start to pick up on Dub and his yeah. recent stretch here uh, because I think he deserves it. If the Thunder that's get two of, all-stars right now, yeah, I'm with that, you. That's kind of all he's missing is like he needs to have one game where he just pops off scoring-wise. Have a, String a couple of those together. Get your Zach Lowe's of the world talking about it. And then I think that 
wave will follow. Because as Thunder fans, we watch we watch all these games. We're seeing this, but you do need you you do kind of need that national narrative. And Chet being the kind of rookie of the year front runner right now already has that. And Chet's incredible. Yeah, this we didn't even talk about him tonight. We haven't even talked about him really. <laughs> we, this isn't like last year when it was like who's better, Jada? Who'd rather have Jada or Josh Giddy? This is like this is tip. This is different. This is like a big a big three we're looking at here. And that conversation doesn't even really matter anymore. Like they're both going to be around. They're the perfect fit. Um, the three of them are. And damn, I mean, it, it makes you think. Like I, I, to your point, not to compare Chet and Dub. I think of like if this Thunder, this young up and coming Thunder team, were in the Golden State market or the LA market, are all three of them getting that All Star buzz? Do they get oh, the wow. the Warriors fan vote like Draymond yeah. Green and Andrew Wiggins and? And, you know, uh, and Steph and Clay always got like, that might be it right there. Uh, I, but I could not agree more. Chet, er, Chet, I mean, yes, Chet's been phenomenal also, but Dub's creation. And then I just can't get over, <laughs> I've said this already so much. I can't get over some of the shots that he's taking and making there in that fourth quarter, just absolutely taking over for the Thunder team. He's not, the net is not moving lately when he shoots. He is locked the hell in, which has been totally needed during this road trip where they've where they've struggled a bit. And like you said, he's been the best two-way player. I think that's the most important thing. SGA to me has not been all that great defensively on this road trip. Understandably so, the dude's probably very tired. And Mark runs a pretty complex system, and you have to be totally locked in at times to do that. So he, SGA's been doing a little more of the gambling um, for steals and things of that nature. Still but getting his steals. You're exactly is. right. But only Dub one has been tonight. like the workhorse on defense. And contributing on offense more and more and more and uh yeah what a luxury and not to just continue on dort but just like um sorry dort not to just continue on dub i know we transitioned here but when dort really hasn't had it during this road stretch he was a little better tonight Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say he's necessarily been the lockdown defender like we've seen like the, the big games that we already talked about here a week and a half a week ago it's been dub uh we've seen him guard the best opposing player for the the other team whether it's kyle kuzma or a point guard that he gets switched on to or bam out of bio in certain circumstances tonight you're right it's the the two-way play for dub it's just really exciting it's pretty damn absurd and uh before we start going and answering some questions from our comments i I was looking back making the outline for this episode i was looking back at last year's episodes and kind of what we were discussing and um january 8th of last year so almost a year ago to the day we had an episode titled, Is the Tank Dead? Yes. Little did we know. That is crazy to think about. Little did we know what we would be discussing a year later. And we had an episode like right after that one that was like, are we going to make the playoffs? And now now the Timberwolves lose and we're a half game out of the one seed. Uh, Okay. So I just pulled this up. Uh, You said January 8th? Is that what you said? Okay, cool. So January 8th, 2023, gosh, this is uh, not the cleanest here. Well, okay, here we go. January 8th, 2023, I'm going to have to just scroll through all this on basketball reference. Looking at the oh, for the record? Yeah, I was going to try and find their, mm-hmm. their record. Okay, sorry. You continue. I'm going to pull this up. I have to actually click on the date and keep scrolling because the thunder were down there a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, those of you in the live stream that have questions, oh, I'm looking through. I have it. Oh, heck sorry, yeah. that was faster uh, than I thought. They were 18 and 22, which was third worst 
in the Western Conference. They were yeah. two games behind. No, sorry, they were a game and a half back from the Jazz. Jazz had two more wins than they did. 18 and 22 at this point a year ago. And now they are a half game back from first place in the Western Conference a year later. How absurd and is that? They didn't and didn't make a single big time trade. No. Other than like if you want to argue trading up to get Casey Wallace two spots. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty, pretty fortunate to be a fan. A pretty good time to be a Thunder fan, I would say, Taylor. They are uh sensational and I think. I think we were right a year ago. Let me just say the tank is over. Yeah, it 100% cannot agree more. And like a lot of the things that we've been talking about, we've been talking about like this recent stretch that we talked about earlier, earlier on the podcast where this Thunder team's uh, responding to adversity and we're seeing players literally grow up and develop in front of us game to game. Just, I, I think that kind of goes back to why you don't make a big time trade. Mm-hmm. at the deadline again we we talked a lot about that i think a couple nights ago about potentially making a periphery trade you know to kind of help the roster get this team some playoff experience but this is why you don't go and trade for a siakam or a laurie marketing to just throw off the big names right now because we're that takes away opportunities for guys like dub chet even shea to continue to grow in the, and even the young guys the younger guys continue to grow into their games especially when it comes to playoff time because they're going to do the same exact things at a higher level, continue to grow at a higher level when they get those playoff reps. Yeah, the, this team and Presti really preach continuity, and they compare. They, they've he's made a ton of references to the, to the Nuggets and how they kind of grew and came to be. And looking through our comments from earlier, our guy Kamiar left us a question that kind of relates <laughs> to this continuity. Uh, Kamiar says, "Hey fam, I think you guys have a nice podcast. Thanks, man." Um, <laughs> Question First for time sh- caller, a long time listener, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kamiar. Question for shits and gigs. Is Josh the new updated OKC version of Jeff Green with their trio of SGA, Dub, and Chet? Uh, it's a damn good comparison. I cannot lie. That it's is a, a great comp. Yeah. Uh, a really good player who kind of gets overshadowed by the, the new up-and-coming big three. And you end up trading that piece. You could have kept Jeff Green. Right, and continue to try and make it work or, or try to make other trades to make it all work together. And maybe it does work, but making that trade for what they really needed at the time with Jeff Green was Kendrick Perkins, a big bruiser coming in and a locker room leader for the young guys. I think that's a great comp, Kami Arm. Maybe uh, it's not this season, maybe it's next season, but maybe you do have to end up trading Giddy to get the perfect fit around this big three to truly vault them into NBA Finals contenders. Just like what happened when the Thunder traded for Kendrick Perkins. Great comp. Yeah, uh, we, and we have another one. And you actually pulled some pretty interesting stats about this. So this can lead, kind of lead us into that uh, really quick. Uh, I know we're going to get out of here pretty soon. This is from Alan, who left us a... Alan McIntosh, who left, a, left us a super chat on YouTube. Says, shout out, get, Alan. Shout out, Alan. Says, this is getting really interesting. We're a half game away from being the top team in the West. Another game with over 30 assists. I'm loving it. You had a stat about our assists recently. The Thunder are averaging 26.9 assists per game, uh, which is 10th in the NBA. But here recently, uh, and I'll let you read through these since you, since you pulled them if you want, um, they've been on quite the tear. So they had a, a they got their season high in assists. Was it a franchise record? I can't even remember now. Yeah, I don't know. They had 37 assists against Washington. 36 only an assist away from that record tonight against Miami. 29 against Brooklyn. 30 against Atlanta, 33 against Boston, 26 against Brooklyn, the game that they won on New Year's Eve, 
and 29 assists against uh, 29 assists against Denver, which was two nights before New Year's Eve. So two nights before the New Year, they are uh, basically getting 30 assists per game. And like you mentioned, 26.9 assists as a whole for the season. But we're seeing that trend upwards. And then you look at their offensive rating during this time. Sylvia, you and I mentioned this, like, you know, they were top five or whatever, top seven in offensive and defensive rating uh, heading into this road stretch. We, we thought that probably dropped. The defensive rating certainly did. But even then, they have an offensive rating right now of 119.7, which ranks fourth in the league. They have a defensive rating of 112.1, which did drop, but that's still seventh, top 10 in the league. And the biggest thing here is the net rating of 7.6. That's third in the league behind only the 76ers and the Boston Celtics. They have the best net rating in the Western Conference. And I think a lot of that goes back to the, those assist numbers and the shot making that we've talked so much about tonight. Yeah, pretty damn good offense as of late, uh, despite the struggles. Um, I want to do uh, one thing. Uh, let's here it is. Let's everyone at the same time make a wish. The Golden State Warriors are losing by nearly 40 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Lost yes. by 36, ultimately. Just had to throw that out there. Man, on the same night that uh, Steve Kerr's BFF, Pete Carroll, gets canned by the <laughs> Seahawks. Canned. He got, you know, yeah. asked to step down. Yeah, shout out to our guy Connor for uh, letting us know about that. Love to get updates of the games. Crazy. John, the 76ers lost. Another one of the top five teams kind of in the same ballpark as the Thunder this season. Um, it's, a, it's a great time to be a fan of the NBA. And uh, I believe the next game, is it tomorrow? Tomorrow night, we got a Sega Baba Silva, Sega, you and I's Sega favorite, <laughs> against the Blazers. That is going to be fascinating since it is the second night of back-to-back. Thankfully, the Thunder are back at home. Also, it's a 7 p.m. Central Time tip-off, which gives them a little more time to kind of get later. situated back home. Uh, but still, we've seen this team obviously struggle. Uh, and this is like, I think, the second second night of back-to-back with like four more coming in the month of January. A brutal stretch here. And regardless of it being a Sega Bala, the Blazers are terrible. <laughs> and I can see it being a frustrating game where the Thunder yes. don't necessarily take care of business like they should. But either way, they should pull off the W, is my opinion. And then they have uh, another home game two nights later. Is it the Timberwolves? Am I making that up? That might and, be right. That might be right. And then they're back on the road. And this time they go to the other coast, the yeah. West Coast, yeah, good uh, with a back-to-back with the Lakers and Clippers included during that stretch. Like, just brutal, but some extremely fun games, extremely fun matchups for this Thunder team. And, and they always seem to knock on wood. They always seem to play well on the West Coast against those LA teams. They do. I'm yeah. really excited. Really excited for this next week. Every time I think it's like, oh God, what a what a bad road that road trip didn't feel very good. They went two and two. Like yeah. it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Before um, the week, if we like had done our predictions and stuff, I think you and I both feel good about two and two on a oh, pretty tough East Coast trip. Especially if I saw the defensive numbers from these. Like, yes. Uh, to give a quick recap, Jacob is gonna be doing our post game tomorrow after the Blazers game on the sake of Abba. Uh, Saturday, they, th- they play the Magic 7 p.m. Central. And then it's Lakers Clippers back to back after that. Um, so some fun games coming up. The Magic one will be really interesting. Really interesting. Chet B. Paolo for the first time. Magic. That's what it was. Not the Timberwolves. Yeah. It's the Magic. Thank you. Yeah, the Magic. Timberwolves uh, the following Saturday, actually. So not far. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us in the live stream or listening afterwards on your way to work, on your commute, whatever you're doing. Um, we'll be back tomorrow and on Sunday. Saturday? No, Sunday. Until then, and as always, adios and thunder up.